0: Welcome everybody to The Resistance Broadcast. I am not licensed Funko John. And that's real John right behind <laughs> that. For our audio listeners, I was holding up my little <laughs> mini Funko of me because I'm wearing the exact same outfit as little me today.
1: Oh yeah. my god, you even have the beard and everything.
0: I know. But what's funny is like the beard on my little Funko guy makes him look like he's like angry. Has a goatee. He looks like, well, yeah, but see the, like the gray. Oh, yeah. He's like a little, he looks a little angry. It's the eyebrows. I'm not angry. Bro. I'm in a good mood. Whoa, don't fall over, dude. All right. Because we're here to talk Star Wars, and we are live on TRB Live. So first of all, thank you to everybody who are joining us live, uh, or if you're listening on your preferred audio app, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, wherever that may be. Thank you so much. We're happy to have you here in the base as we tackle the latest Star Wars news, uh, I'm John with me as always is James and Lacey. And Hello. Yeah, we're here to talk about it. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, spread the word about this show. If you are watching live, share it on your social media, whether that's Twitter, Thread, Blue Sky, Instagram. <laughs> uh, there's too many. I'm, I'm realizing that threads. Me feeling a little old now because there's just so many new social media apps that pop up. Hive. Remember Hive? I do. Hive. Yep. <laughs> um, Hive is pretty much like cassette tapes at this point. But I <laughs> anyway, share it. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel because we are marching towards 100,000 subscribers. And if we hit that, I will wear a metal Slave Leia bikini in Japan for a whole day at Star Wars Celebration. So we're so close. We're only about 98,000 away. So keep subscribing and telling your friends to subscribe to the channel, and uh, we'll get there. We'll see. Um, But also, if you would like your comment read on the show, we have Super Chats available. Or if you just want to chill and have a good time in the chat, that's great, too. Either way, we're here to have a good time. Uh, Now, before I get into uh, handing this off to James for Resistance Report, a little warm-up story. Not too much context to it, but um, it was revealed via an odd source. Uh, The... Folks on the Star Wars Leaks Reddit are I mean, they're good, but they do <laughs> the LinkedIn page of director Hannah Culpepper on her LinkedIn resume, she lists the two episodes of the acolyte that she has directed. Uh, and she wrote the finale block, which is typically when there's a set of episodes and I Googled this to find out, uh, a set of episodes (laughs) that are filmed around the same few weeks span of time. Uh, so similar sets and what have you, and she filmed the sixth and eighth episodes. So I'm assuming it's an eight episode show. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't know if it's multiple seasons or what they're doing with that. But Hannah Mm -hmm. Culpepper directed, uh, and I took a look and I just thought it was so funny that. That came from her own LinkedIn page, so basically her resume online let the world know that she's directing these <laughs> episodes of the Star Wars show. What did you guys think about that? And do you are you familiar with her and her work? I I saw that she directs uh, directed for one of the Star Trek shows, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I thought she did. Uh, but what do you think about that? Isn't that kind of interesting? How that the person just puts it on their LinkedIn page. What a world.
1: <laughs> James, what do you think? It,
0: it revealed that there is at least eight
2: episodes. Um, it's interesting, though, you Grace would think
1: that like- there was a at celebration. Someone had asked him, like, hey, how many episodes are there? And he's like, I can't tell you, but I have to tell you all eight of them are my favorite.
0: That's Ahsoka, though.
1: Oh, right. You're right. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um yeah I I I think this is at least eight then um confirming that they did uh episode six and eight um it is interesting though since we just got the Mandalorian season three the two final episodes were the same director which is not common but if you the way the phrasing was here is the finale block meaning like the last few episodes but they're doing six and then somebody else is doing seven and then they're back at eight that's kind of an an odd choice i'm not not sure why they would do that unless they're setting up unless i don't know it's all i I know this would be a bad example but like if they were kind of two main characters you'd have like episode one episode two episode three and episode four and episode five you know what i mean and this person was handling one of those two main characters finales or something along those lines, uh, maybe an A storyline, B storyline situation. But um, there could be nine, but at least eight. And that's cool. That's what's to be expected, I believe, anyway.
0: And she did direct for Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, which I, I'm not a Star Trek person, but it's I, I believe people have really loved that show. Oh, people love uh,
1: Picard.
2: I think people that like Star Trek and Star Wars is saying that Picard is doing better at like their lore and <laughs> stuff generally because i think like the card definitely delivered in their final season
0: an episode from what I understand. of mayans mc which was the follow-up to sons of anarchy also uh, an episode of westworld so she's done some big tv show directing so this isn't someone who's just like oh they've never done this before but here they are mm-hmm. um so what do, you, what do you guys what do you guys think there's not uh, much, much else to this but i just thought it was funny that it became star wars news just because she updated her linkedin resume
1: i I, so I feel like it's hilarious that that's how we're getting information from people and also <laughs> that star wars fans are that clever that they like pick up on the smallest of things you know like a it's linkedin amazing. page um i don't know her work but i know of the stuff that she's done like revenge is one of my favorite shows ever uh criminal minds is great grim was good when it was on tv so If she's doing fight scenes and stuff, that would make sense with a revenge because every episode was like a fight scene or like espionage type stuff. So that kind of fits into what Acolyte's all about, which is like sneaking around the Sith.
2: I wonder Um, what the benefit of keeping the amount of episodes under the hood is. Because they're willing to tell you all um, of the directors. But they're not, and all of the actors and stuff, but they're not willing to tell you how many episodes it is. The only thing I can think is like that sets up a specific timeline that's sort of revealed. Like if they tell you when the show launches, then you could kind of piece out how long the show's going to run. But like they tell you that stuff as we get closer to the date anyway.
0: I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. Tony Gilroy was like, We're doing two seasons of Andor, each has 12 episodes, the first one's one year the next four right. years, right? He like gave us people all are the just info. weirdly
1: secretive. And I don't the only yeah. thing I can think of to the defense of being secretive is that if rewrites happen and they want to switch the amount of episodes, they can do that without anybody even knowing. Which is usually what people do is they keep things under wraps so that if something goes wrong, you'll never have any idea,
2: right? That's good. So if somebody says uh, it's eight episodes and then there's nine episodes or seven episodes, people are like, well, what, happened what happened the did episode? they yeah. cut? you know Mm -hmm. what was Mm -hmm. who was removed what drama can we come up with that's a good answer yeah what
1: happened to boba fett in season three of the mandalorian i mean i'm still waiting to hear because he was very obvious that he was like wtf mate yeah
2: Yeah. they're probably definitely shooting for eight episodes which is why they said that you know or Mm -hmm. oh well I now Lacey's got me confused <laughs> too. I'm sorry. I fascinated. heard yeah. Acolyte
1: and in my head, I thought Ahsoka, <laughs> right. like I fully yeah. thought we were talking about Ahsoka.
2: But, yeah, even, but, there's also, but even Ahsoka is still sort of under wraps other than he said that and Filoni
0: said eight would be a good guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but either way, we have our, <laughs> probably our finale director uh, mm-hmm. in Hannah Culpepper. So we hope she did a good job because I'm excited about the mm-hmm. acolyte from what we saw at celebration and i think once and also it's it's a little bit of a reprieve from the Mandoverse, so to speak not to say that anybody's going to be burnt out or anything by the mandoverse but it's sort of on its mm-hmm. own which is a, a a nice palate cleanser but mm-hmm. um before we do that uh Lacey, i want to get to uh some super chats I'm in my head
1: yes yeah, so we have some super chats already first of all thank you for people sending them in that's so kind of you yes, to kick off the show this much. way first we have aaron ellington what up aaron how's it going hope hey. andy's doing well aaron said i can't stick around for live stream but i wanted to say hello there
0: that hello was there. quite
1: a way to yeah. say hello so thank you yeah. so much thank
0: you very much aaron
1: <laughs> and then we have david probus what up proby one kenobi hey. how's it going he said i stopped watching empire strikes back for this Uh Uh-huh. love y'all TRB that's the other thing by the way speaking of y'all that I found interesting is Hannah Culpeppers from Alabama you don't really hear that very often I feel for like directors true true love that love a little down south love Mm -hmm.
0: Tarantino's from Tennessee I think that's the closest oh is he yeah um his mom moved him actually away from LA when he was like very little he grew up in Tennessee, Interesting, but um, yeah. Thank you, David. So nobody in the live chat spoil what happens in the Empire Strikes Back for David. It's his first. We time.
1: have one more super chat.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: Mickey Bell, thank you so much. First of all, happy birthday, Mickey. I saw it in the chat. People hey, happy, happy birthday.
0: birthday, buddy. He
1: said, hey, guys, for my birthday today, I treated myself to some Star Wars goodness, Alola, Droid and Kristen Baver's Star Wars Objects book. Nerdtastic. Love you guys. Thanks for being the best in the fandom. Thanks, Mickey. I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Yeah, I hope you have a delicious cake well it's and Thursday. it's
0: the next day unless he's saying this is his birthday now and it just started because his birthday already. is
1: today so we haven't gotten to your birthday yet, mickey
0: oh all right hey happy birthday buddy thank you so much mm-hmm. hmm. um
2: i and- looked up directors from alabama and it the only one that i know that i recognize is courtney cox which is maybe no. a
1: director Mm. (laughs) i know reese witherspoon's from the south
0: that was a movie
1: no i think she genuine like she's from texas i'm pretty sure reese witherspoon she has a whole like clothing line about how she's like from the south
0: so she wasn't really doing that good job of an actor in sweet home alabama
1: i love that movie so you shut your mouth right now that's one of my favorite movies ever
0: josh lucas is the voice of uh home depot you know that
1: i don't know but i know john cena is a honda right now because he's on every commercial for honda yes and he sounds so uninterested in being the voice of honda like i was i was listening to the radio the other day and he comes on talking about the pilot and i was like you sound like you could not be more uninterested (laughs) you said
2: said john c Riley." john cena oh so please, please Riley.
1: Look, 2024 <laughs> Honda Pilot with I don't know, and I'm like, you don't care. You're just taking this check. I get um, it. I do it. I take the check.
0: So, Lacey, I want to ask you about a book you're reviewing. But before I do that, I, a funny story today. My niece, Sienna, told me that she was that's a great it was, either, name. it was either camper class. And she heard these two boys talking about one of them, how he watches this Star Wars show on YouTube and he was talking about how he watches the resistance broadcast and she goes that's my uncle <laughs> <laughs> really so so uh <laughs> thanks tyler i believe his name was for watching trb we appreciate that and be nice to sienna um all right very cool and be oh ni- yeah. so, you're
1: like be nice to her or I nice. Know. yeah no but thanks for watching that's very
0: cool appreciate it um all right, Lacey, I know you have a review coming out uh, probably tomorrow. You read the Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade book by Delilah Dawson. Um, any any hints at, to what your review is going to be like th- for our audience?
1: It's going to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, no. Not great, in all, huh? Okay. In all seriousness, first of all, it's a cool cover. I'll give her that. Um, no, I, I, to be honest, I listen to the audiobook because I like to listen to audiobooks while I'm doing work or other things around the house. Um, and I have to give props to the Penguin Random House people because the audiobook is really great. I do have some thoughts because it takes place, you know, Clone Wars, Order 66. And you guys know from the show that I'm just like, I'm so over this period of time. <laughs> I feel like they've given every single angle there is to give about this, um, time period within the, with the Jedi. Um, but I I don't think my thoughts are much different than what I've seen from other people. So I'm not gonna like rip this book apart because I don't think that's ever my intention. Um, it wasn't my favorite. I think that there was definitely potential to have, to make the book better and maybe split it into two, but I'll probably get into that in my review. All right,
0: all right, all right. But if
1: you like that time period, like prequels, clones, Clone Wars, this book's for you. Or just the know.
2: Inquisitors, maybe, in general? Like, if you're, like, interested in how that whole thing...
1: So, without well, giving too I mean, much away, it's yeah. it's not <laughs> that much of the book. That's the crazy part, mm. is the actual Inquisitor part is less of the part of the book. Most of the book is her being a Padawan and working ah, her way It's about the rise the of the
2: Red, red Blade. Right, talking it's talking Moore. about...
1: it, it Literally, <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, this is Anakin it sounds like Anakin Skywalker it's just someone else
0: and they haven't really explored that timeline at all so it's good that they're doing that um (laughs)
1: sarcasm
0: all right it's time to get into the news so James what's happening it's the
2: resistance All right, if anybody's paying attention to EW um actually this story came out late last week so we didn't get a chance to talk about it on last week's TRB live i,
1: I was so but, mad i sent to these guys being like Oh. God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh Jude Law and Chris Ford were doing uh something for uh EW and they talked about Star Wars skeleton crew. Uh and there is a video of it, and you can watch them banter back and forth a little bit about Star Wars and what it means to them, and what maybe the aim for this show was. Honestly, not a lot of like new information, but Just a simple takeaway from like how they're handling it as people. It's not like a reveal article. Uh, It's a little bit more of the like, so Jude Law, what does Star Wars mean to you? And he gives all the examples of I grew up on Star Wars. It means a lot to me Um, to be part of the lore is part of like my own life. Uh, lore. You know what I mean? I played Star Wars and and all this. So it's a pretty interesting read. Um, since Lacey was excited to talk about it last week, uh, we'll start with you on it. What what was some, some takeaways or what are your thoughts on their thoughts about Skeleton Crew?
1: Well, I think coming out of shows like Obi-Wan Kenobi and especially Andor and even this past season of The Mandalorian, which seemed a little bit on the darker side for some of the episodes and I think overall themes, I was pretty pumped about the comments from Ford talking about like the tone of the show because he had said, Skeleton's crew's tone is adventure. We wanted it to be a lot of fun. But of course, along the adventure comes the downside of it, which is danger. These kids are in danger. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But it's just a fun adventure, and then he talks about how he wants it to be for all ages. And I feel like oftentimes lately, Star Wars has been getting into more of the adult themes and angles, which I understand because a lot of the the fans that I've grown up with it are adults, or a lot of the people working on it that obviously are adults, and they kind of forget that like hope that Dave Filoni and George Lucas have always talked about about being hopeful for kids. And being hopeful for 12 years old and a little younger and stuff like that. And that kind of adventure feel that you lose sometimes in Star Wars as of recently. Um, So the idea that this show is going to be something that families can sit down and watch together makes me really excited. Because, um, you know, I, I like the lighter stuff. I'm a fan of that. I've always, that's what got me into Star Wars is like the creatures. And, you know, I always say like the Anzelans and Mandalorian were like my favorite part. Baby Yoda, Grogu, favorite part. So the idea that we're getting to experience this through the eyes of children and like have them go on this adventure kind of like Goonies, um, it's just great. Like that's what makes Star Wars fun to me. So I loved their comments about that.
0: Mm -hmm. John, what do you think? Um, I I think this show is actually going to remind people more of stranger things than the 80s stuff. And i know, I, I know... Been
1: saying that and i hope that that's not true because i feel like the quick thing is to say stranger things is like the thing everybody knows you know what i mean not to like cut you off but man um, I that's not the case yeah
0: i mean when you go to pitch something to kathleen kennedy and you pitch something right in her glory day wheelhouse it's probably going to boost your chances so when they go in there and they use the term amblin and you start thinking about spielberg and all those guys and Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy producing those movies uh, alongside them and Frank Marshall. Um, it's probably something that she was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, we, you know, we need shows to reach kids just like we're trying to reach uh, adults with Andor and maybe Acolyte. Mm-hmm. So the balance is good there. Um, I so, but I think like the with the success of Stranger Things and how that captured the nostalgia of the 80s but also have has this like real darkness to it um it seems the way jude law and christopher ford are talking about it is though they're going to toe that line where it is going to be this adventure show but they're going to make sure that they market it that it's not a kid show because like kathleen kennedy said like those movies like the goonies and stuff you know there are kids in it but they're these kids that happen to be f- fallen into these this really difficult situation that they're in over their heads so pits, drowning gangsters with who are gonna kill them yeah I don't think this is gonna be one of those shows like when you think about like kids stuff that is hard to take seriously but you love it like home alone this little eight-year-old outwitting these two grown burglars it's like it's kind of it's ridiculous or you know any of those movies like blank check or any of those movies where like a little kid was just the smartest person in the room I don't think that's what this is gonna be I think we're gonna see the um the naivety of these kids and it's gonna make us want to help them and that that's what's gonna draw us into the into the show and then Jude Law I think is gonna help those kids along the way um I like that I don't know too much about it the only thing that I'm thinking though is again it's another one of those shows that's filmed that filmed in Manhattan Beach in LA so it's going to have the similar um stagecraft aesthetic as the Mandalorian and uh of course Ahsoka and it looks like um all these shows in this Mandoverse are going to be you know set up to look that way so one doesn't stand out above the other so depending how you're feeling about that but I, I think. What, what they're not trying to tell us too much, but I do like the fact that Jude Law is saying, like, I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a little kid. I would go to my friend's house just to play with the AT-ATs or AT-ATs, whatever you want to call them, and I love that because he is an accomplished actor. He's had a, has had a great career, and he doesn't need to to do this. So the, again, this is this always tugs at my heartstrings when you have an established actor who's entering this franchise because he wants to and yeah. and he loves it. So I. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table because, sort of like how when Oscar Isaac was starting out, um, or John Boyega, and they were really into it and they loved it, that that meant a lot to me. Now those two got burnt out a bit. I don't see that happening with Jude Law, but I'm very excited to see what uh, what they bring to the table. So the, I know a lot of people haven't seen anything from this show, um, but I, I think it's going to be a fun one, especially that it's coming out around holiday season. It's going to have that sort of Harry Potter vibes where you get that sort of fun little adventure escape i think it's coming out at exactly the right time
1: it's funny i totally forgot this i'm just quickly skimming the article making sure i didn't miss anything and it says jude law will neither confirm or deny he's a jedi but in the trailer he does levitate an object shown at celebration and i yeah. totally forgot that happened because we see we saw so much stuff at celebration and they don't let you get to watch it ever again
2: mm-hmm. or they cut it i i don't remember if it is let leading you to believe that he is looking at something and then they show it lifting and they're making you right. think that it was him lifting or something kind of like inception with Leonardo, the trailer. yeah
1: yeah Leonardo dicaprio in inception where they cut to the top thing
2: yeah um th- this this uh this whole show is interesting to me because it, it feels a little bit like something that star wars hasn't quite done yet um because we are talking about kids being the the main focus i think jude law is sort of in the show and there'll be a headline character but sort of is that other um like like lord of the rings are kind of about the hobbits but like obviously gandalf is there too right he's obviously very important to the story but like when you think of the movie you think of like these four going on the adventure um and i think the closest that star wars has ever done this in live action so would be probably like phantom menace uh we got a couple things with Anakin, you know, going on, uh, get, getting into the cockpit and, and flying around and not really exactly know how to do it, but overcoming what he needs to, to, in order to, to see some, um, victory or some progress, you know, growing up and, uh, uh, not being afraid. Uh, so we got stuff like that going on, but other than that, really kids don't show up very often in star Wars at all. Um, I know they've tried to do they tried to do like the Ewoks movies back in the day with like Sindel and all that. Right. Is that her name? And those those that were live action with children being the focus. But it just really hasn't happened a whole lot in Star Wars. Um, animated like but not not including animation. Yeah, because yeah. obviously you've got a lot going on there. Um, but I'm trying to think of like a live action show that they're putting at the forefront saying like this is the the current Star Wars adventure and it actually has like kids in it um, that are the main characters and not just in the background or in a scene or something. Um, so this is kind of new, although like we're looking at Indiana Jones and like they they have five movies and like two of them had kids as as. Uh, not main characters, but part of the group, so to speak. So it's not something that uh, isn't is within or isn't within the wheelhouse of Lucasfilm slash Kathleen Kennedy. If you move out of Lucasfilm, obviously we we've talked a, a lot about her Amblin days and stuff. And I just think uh, I I think it's going to be refreshing uh, for Star Wars to have a show like this, just as something that they have done mark it off like we do have a show that's like like that so i'm i'm pretty excited for that show to be honest with you
1: i think also there's a side of this where when there are kids involved like with obi-wan kenobi and young leia i think she got a lot of flat or the character not the actress got a lot of flack online point. of people saying like oh this is so stupid little is so annoying you know like doing all that stuff i think this is setting you up from like day one like hey this has kids in it there's this story is about kids, so I'm hoping that those people just kind of steer clear. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> I forgot about that one. That yeah, that yeah, that is an example of a uh, another kid around the right age. I think these kids are going to be a little bit older. She was what yeah, ten and they, nine
0: like or six for, for people six. I in our um, what was I going to say um.
1: I she think Lay was like ten, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. I said ten well, at first, and then I was like, or maybe like nine, and then I was like, for some reason, six popped into my head, but nine and three
0: course. quarters, you know, something like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I, it, for, for most of the people who didn't go to celebration, when they brought those kids out on stage, like they didn't come across as like snobby little actor kids, and they came across mm-hmm. very sweet and very overwhelmed, uh, like they're a little awkward in that way that you like seeing kids being. Uh, not mm-hmm. little know-it-alls and I think that they cast the right little group because they they all seem to really get along with each other and one of them couldn't be there because they were sick I think um but I liked like it, it made me like want to root for these kids even more and it's just like how I felt about uh, Viv- Vivian Lyra Blair I forget what her name is the girl Lyra Lyra Blair um and then seeing like John Favreau like making sure they were safe and that they weren't going to fall off the stage when they played this just, you know footage and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. it just i i'm rooting for this show and i i like it i don't know too much about it or how it's going to tie into the Mandalorian even though we've heard rumors about the pirates and all that i i just i'm i'm very intrigued by it and like i said i think it's coming out at that right time where you know like every year they would put out those Harry Potter movies around Thanksgiving time like it just has that fun adventure let's go on an escapist journey type of thing.
2: Yeah, I don't think Stranger Things Stranger Things is a fine example, but I I do think it's it's like it's that thing where like when people are just trying to think of a bad band they just go to Nickelback cuz it's like the easy grab. So I think people just go to Stranger Things cuz it's like culturally the the grab for a type of movie like that, but obviously there are tons like of movies where you just have like a group of kids and, and you're right with the Harry Potter one. That's another good example of something where this was like, the kids were the forefront and this was the point about them going in a virtue and it was scary and it was dangerous, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a rated R movie, you know, it was for, uh, it was for the kids, but also very adult friendly. A lot of adults still liked the story. I think that uh, Harry Potter would be actually a pretty good example for, a movie that would feature kids like that, you know, a group Mm -hmm. of kids just on an adventure. Yep. Um, Well, let's go ahead and talk about this next story because it kind of has just like a tint of that make solo Two happen going on here. Um, There was a interview uh, that Amelia Clark did uh, for Secret Wars Marvel. And she was asked about um, recouping her role or uh, re- redoing, ever returning to the, the role of Kira. And she had a pretty interesting answer. Um, John thought it would be fun to actually just go ahead and play it because there's a lot of awkward context that we might not be able to actually show off. So here we're going to pull up the clip real quick and uh, I'll do it right now. For stories, and would you ever want to revisit your Star Wars characters?
1: We did a little Star we did, Wars we, did,
2: we, we We talked about Star Wars Yeah, a bit, we and, did. And would you want to revisit your Star Wars character?
1: Well, you know what? Um, uh, let me take this question. <laughs> I got this question. I, uh, I'm in Marvel now. I'm not allowed. What about you? It, well, he built the Desta, so yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know I, yeah. I would potentially revisit. Although it's difficult, you know. Yeah. Mine uh, is a uh, little rogue. Revisit. You see, my character's a little like kind of, kind of, kind of messy on the side situation. Yeah. You're like in it. Yeah, yeah. and plus you if you're it. in the empire too, you're in the empire. Yeah. anyone can be. a rebel. I'm very far from the empire. Yeah. Anyone. anyone All of be. that stuff.
2: Anyone can be a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of interesting the way she uh, approaches that. Ben Mendelssohn, obviously there too, who uh, you know was Krennic in Rogue One. He's losing uh, his voice a little over there. bit. Yeah, <laughs> talk a little bit about um, their experience, and it seems a little bit like maybe their off-camera conversations were different than their on-camera conversations. And uh, John, John is probably the most excited about this or, or wanting to talk about this. Like what? Wh- I don't know.
0: What are your thoughts on how she approached the question? That yeah. So it's funny how <clears throat> when I first saw it online, I a lot of people were just like, she's you know she's hiding something. There's clearly something going on. And uh, ironically, me, my first impression was that she was just uncomfortable talking about it, uh, just because. Um, and. You know, she is an awkward interviewee sometimes, but not because she's an awkward person, but because sometimes she just doesn't know how to particularly answer questions like Game of Thrones season eight. You know, the best season ever thing. You know, which is uh, she had that like sort of like she did uh, <gasps> Christy Teigen face, yeah. So I- I'm not sure how to take this. I I'd love to think that there is something going on behind the scenes. The only thing that actually made me think there was possible. Is because Ben Mendelsohn said like oh maybe I shouldn't have asked her that and he grabbed her hand and said you know what I'll take this in other words saying like I just put you on the spot I shouldn't have done that if it was something that was just what do you think about playing your character I don't think he would have jumped in like that to save her so that's the that was the only thing that made me think maybe there was something going her answer itself didn't but I hope I'm wrong because if she's coming back then clearly it's crime syndicate stuff, which means Mm -hmm. they could bring all of them back, which would be the the ideal thing. The strange part to me was that she was
2: looking for a way to answer the question. And what she came up with was, I'm in Marvel now, so I can't do that. And he's in Marvel too.
0: That (laughs) was He's clearly answering the question. I disagree. Really? I, I think her Marvel thing was her way to say like, I've been being funny this whole answer. I think that was like sort of the after effect. The fact that she had her head turned it was looking just at him was kind of like one of those like dude, what are you doing looks because she didn't look at the interviewer asking who asked the question. She turned her head, you know when like someone you know says something they shouldn't say and just like like Michael Scott being like, "I'll kill you." Like one of those like, <laughs> "What are you doing asking me that?" And then he grabs her hand sort of like a, "Oh, you know what? Let me take this one." And to say like that's that that little exchange there. Her actual answer, uh, not as much, but there could be something there. But my initial thought was that she was just sort of like, I don't know one of those without trying to be like upsetting Star Wars fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think their body language is very clearly something was said um, <laughs> off camera. And it's I agree with John. I think she is an awkward interviewer in the sense like she likes to joke around and she has these little bits that she does like the Game of Thrones stuff. But to me, it was like the whole body turn, like you see her kind of tense up of like, oh, no, what are you what's happening? Um, but also then tries to play it off like her initial reaction was her genuine reaction. And then she tried to be like, but I'm in Marvel, right? Ha-ha. Exactly.
0: That's right. And be. it's yeah. like
1: you already said that other stuff though. Like you already, I think that there's nothing definite happening for her, but I think conversations have taken place. So for her to say something like that, it's like her saying like, sure, we've thought about it. I've talked about it. Conversations have happened because she's already said that on like Josh Horowitz stuff that like people have talked to her about it or like she had ideas about Kira's character and where the character was going. Um, And the fact that, Ben Mendelssohn then goes well I'm with the Death Star and I, you know I could be a part of this like to me that's him being like Andor, cough cough hello <laughs> like I could be in this you know because then he's not lying but then for her to be like oh I'm not a rebel I'm like over here doing things over here what do you mean you're doing things over there your character's not doing anything over there your character is not doing anything right now um so for her to be like oh i'm not over here i'm like doing this like sketchy i forget what she said like <clears> shady <throat> stuff over here it's like okay so you know what kira's doing over here during this time or like after the fact i don't
2: feel like that i feel like she's trying to like get out of it get out of the question not in oh, a why, positive though?
1: way see but my question I don't to th- you james I... would be why would she want to get out of the question if there's nothing going on she has nothing to hide
2: so what so My thing, well, I think what she has to hide is the fact that she doesn't want to spill, speak ill of a movie that she was in, but she's bummed that it like didn't do well and would probably not want to get roped into doing more of those movies. I have a feeling that the conversation that happened between them was he said, would you ever go back? And she was like, no. And then when the question got brought up, he says, I don't know would you come back and if she actually had a project going on i feel like she would be competent enough to like dodge that and be like i mean i would love to come back if the offer's on the table i would love to play the character it's not a hard question but she like totally dodges it because i think her real feelings might be more negative about him and i just like she said uh, yeah and then he's like oh I remember she said she wouldn't do it so he says you know the simple answer I'd I you know that's fine uh I would love to come back and and like my because because my character makes sense to come back your character and they both kind of agree like you know it was sort of a side thing If you, if you're in the empire you're in and you could make more movies and stuff but like not when you're a side character that's the vibe that I got off of the thing it made me feel well, like she. She's was
1: already great. said she wants to come back. She's already said previously that she would come back and yeah, that she had thoughts she, of the character.
0: Like she wrote, like ideas of what yeah. she would want to do. Yeah, I didn't. I'm exactly. just telling you
2: what the vibe
0: off of that clip. <laughs> that and is I'm a telling weird, you history. Disagreed. Awkward
2: thing. And it makes more sense to me that she's negative about the role than her just being like, "Would you ever return to this character?" I feel like a simple answer is yes, I would
0: love to. All right. Well, instead she's like, "I'm going to push back." Uh, because I don't really know what to say here because I want to be honest, but I don't think actors, especially the way things are going right now with the industry, I don't think actors are in any place to close any doors. Um, so I don't think she would do that. Uh, two, she has been vocal about that. She has thought about the character and like things that she would do if she that did come back um, and that like... she
1: found out people liked the movie. Remember, and, Jock goes and on yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the
0: movie. Yeah. The, the, yeah. My last point being that the movie has only grown in popularity since she had said those things. So again, my, my initial thought was that she was just trying to dodge a question because she didn't want to stir up things. Not that she was covering anything. You want to be a
1: headline. Yeah.
0: But but his reaction and her face going to him and not to the person asking the question, to me is a sign of uncomfortability where you are like avoiding the uncomfortableness of that person who asked you that question. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's just a, it's a weird thing. Um, for our audio listeners, I would definitely recommend watching the clip and see for yourself, but it's definitely interesting and it, it's a very short clip and it's there on a junket for secret invasion. And of course, star Wars is what makes it go viral. So, Star Wars still is a big, big buzz, viral flooding thing if you do it right. And it's just anytime someone talks about Star Wars, it blows up. And this little clip blew up about a movie that people claim nobody cares about when people clearly do, because that made the rounds. And it wasn't Hayden Christensen talking about Darth Vader. It was Emilia Clarke talking about Kira. So I find it all very interesting. Hmm.
2: Um. Well, speaking of things that are interesting, we got some pretty good first looks and uh, trailer and all this other stuff. Of, oh, James. Uh, before that,
0: sorry. Yeah. Uh, We are doing Ask the Resistance. So for anyone who wants to put questions in, in the live chat, if you have any questions you want us to talk about or answer uh, in, in the last segment of the show, just use hashtag Ask the Resistance, and we'll uh, try to get to as many as we can. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: what I was, uh, getting at is, is Zack Snyder's upcoming rebel moon, uh, has gotten its first looks. It's, it's in the process now of sort of letting people know a little bit more about this. I think there was a, like I said, a trailer and, uh, a bunch of, uh, screenshots and other things. And they're, they're talking more about it, including, uh, this empire article. And, uh, I know that Lacey has been sort of over the moon pardon the pun uh about this <laughs> upcoming project and so i wanted to ask her thoughts they
1: kiss on in the trailer what, so far guys there are two what, characters kissing in the teaser trailer for this star wars-esque movie
0: nice
1: and they're both attractive so, so that doesn't hurt either
0: go ahead so what so that's it that's what you think and more
1: no, no sorry. was
0: it was it jacks teller was he one of the kissies
1: I think it was Charlie Hunnam in uh, the main girl. Yeah, Jack Teller. Is that like an anarchy thing? I've never seen that show.
0: You've never seen Sons of Anarchy.
1: No, I just started no. Lost last weekend, by the way. Oh, she's in. <laughs> I started Lost and I hate it.
0: <laughs> oh, then don't continue. Then don't I, continue.
1: I I'm like on what episode am I on? Eight and <laughs> Matt's watching with me, which he's seen it and he loves it. And. I've guessed everything so far, just sitting there watching it. we will
0: guess everything.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, there are scenes that people are talking. And I turn to Matt. I'm like, who wrote this? A 12-year-old? It's like fan fiction. Who wrote this? Like when Sawyer's like, I want a kiss. Like, what? <laughs> so weird. Anyway, I'll I'll have to do I'm a I'm being video. honest. Like, I want...
2: I watched like but- the first two seasons of Lost, and it didn't draw me in. And so I got this feeling that I shouldn't keep going if it's not doing anything for me. It just felt like a bunch of actors on an island.
1: <laughs> it, like, was- and I know <laughs> it
2: seems kind of lame, but like, no, it it's true because
1: me. lost to me. First of all, it's dated at this point because everybody's dressed like it's 2003. <laughs> but besides yeah. that, it's literally they wrote a show with like 16 characters that are all tropes and stereotypes so that you have your favorite characters and they're just it's uh, so, all right can we it's, so... stop. <laughs> it's one of the most
0: successful television shows of all time like you guys are roasting this like it's <laughs> like it's the room what do you i mean i watched like two seasons and it was just blah, 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 blah.
2: No, no, no. Okay. F- Whoa, hold on. Your advice was if she wasn't into it already, then stop. <laughs> right. Right. So that's what I was saying is I was like, I kept trying to go with it and I felt the same way. I was like, I'm just going to stop because I don't feel like there's a point for me to go. What is it set four more seasons after that? Right. All right.
1: Uh, all I know is Sue in the comments wants James to wear the Leia bikini in
2: Japan. <laughs> I know. I, I'm smarter than John to not make
0: promises like that.
1: <laughs> um, but anyway, maybe, long we'll story short, that, maybe after I get we'll through show. let talk
0: season. about a, a show with twists. Lost has a lot of twists. The twist of this whole thing. If Were we they twists,
1: though? I've guessed every single thing so far.
0: What people don't understand is if we hit just 10,000 subscribers, James has to wear the bikini in Japan. Mine's 100,000. No. Incorrect.
1: We can talk off air because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Rebel Moon. I know, but I don't want to spoil anything for Lost. We'll talk off air, but like mm-hmm. within the first ten minutes, I was like, "So is this show about blank?" And Matt got really quiet, and I was like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> "To to be fair." I don't think people knew at the time what to expect. And now like, I still
1: don't know what to expect more than like a decade it.
2: later. It's sort of in the cultural side guys of like that I, show was very <laughs> mysterious. And oh. you can maybe guess where you know what?
1: I hate more than goes. anything about the show, honestly, is the noise it plays when it goes to commercial when it's like, chow, chow. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I know why they do it. They do it. So they're like, hey, this is a commercial. I hate it. However, I'm still watching this it
0: all. <laughs> Angela is an out of work magazine writer. She moves back home to the south to <laughs> find her reading? old boyfriend. Ted. Are you sweet he's making calendar. up? Uh, yeah, they get or back like together. But movie. the problem is Angela has a really stuck up rich boyfriend who nobody likes. I wonder <gasps> what's going to happen.
1: Corporate? Is he in corporate? Because he's going to fight her for the job and then mess. Like, you watch all up. that
0: crap. And then you're like, I don't like the sound <laughs> effects that they use to go to commercial and lost. <laughs> Look how- get out of here
1: <laughs> anyway i'm gonna stick with it and maybe i'll do like a review of season one of what my thoughts are i'm about eight episodes in
0: just stop for my sake
1: where i think yeah ethan just took claire that's where i'm at
0: but anyway just watch sons of anarchy you like that's a good show. Like
1: which that. by the way he goes around hurley goes around being like okay let me do the manifest and i'm like okay whatever and he goes to this guy and and he's like collecting mangoes, what is <laughs> and he collects mangoes. And I'm sitting there, and he goes, "So, what's your name?" He's like, "Uh, Ethan Rom." And I was like, "This guy's not a part of the crew. This guy has nothing to do with them. Where'd this guy come from?" And then later in the episode, he's a random dude that just kidnaps people.
0: And look at you talking about it on a Star Wars podcast, Damon Someone Lindelof, not that clever. <laughs> All
1: right, anyway. Goodness. Rebel Moon, what up? So excited about it. Uh, I hope people that are listening to this are like, at least you should start a, start a Lost podcast. <laughs> anyway.
2: I'm thinking most are thinking not.
1: <laughs> not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, no, Rebel Moon, I'm so excited for this movie. So I've been saying this for a couple months now, but for people that don't know, Zack Snyder and originally pitched this idea to Lucasfilm when they got bought out by Disney, and they were like, nah. <laughs> no way. So Netflix was like, once again, several times they've done this to Lucasfilm. They're like, come on over. We'll take you over here. Netflix loves Zack Snyder. So mm-hmm. this whole article is very interesting. If, if you guys have time to read it, please do. It's over on Empire. But he talks about the whole process and basically how he was like, it's seven samurai in space. It's like Star Wars-esque. And you're like, yes, we understand that. And then he goes into how. He pitched it to them as not something to continue on the stories that have been told, but to do his own original thing, which to me, if we're looking at Star Wars right now, that's what as fans we're all asking for, (laughs) right? We're asking for these original characters in a place that like we've never been to in a galaxy far, far away. And when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, that's what I thought we were getting. But it seems like from what he's saying in this article is when he pitched it, hey, I want it to be rated R, that's when they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, he's doing it for Netflix and it's just a really exciting movie. And he's not been super secretive about it in the sense of like hiding everything. Like, he announces all the actors, he's showing costumes, he's showing behind the scene clips of what the set looks like. It looks beautiful, by the way. And just Does he still do everything on his like Vero or whatever? So- it is? Yeah, his one social
2: media <laughs> that no one's on. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Zack Snyder's like, I'm on threads now.
1: (laughs) But I mean, it looks really awesome. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm the first person to kind of argue against rated R Star Wars. Um, But because this isn't Star Wars and this is its own thing and this is his vision, I'm like all for it. And the actors he's chose are amazing. And like I said, I joked about it earlier, but like the fact that they're, showing romance in the teaser trailer for this movie. And they're showing this character that like is just taking people down. I'm hyped like it looks really cool. It looks different. Something we've never seen before, which is similar to the Gareth Edwards thing that's coming out creator or whatever it is that looks, amazing. That looks
2: crazy. Yeah. That
1: looks so cool. And I just
2: that to be honest, I think creator looks better than rebel moon.
1: And that's fair. Because I yeah. think it does a little bit on like the I wouldn't say but like the story itself looks a little bit more original than this because this clearly is star wars (laughs) if we're being honest um but for me it just it's refreshing to see new ideas coming out that are star wars-esque as he says that kind of reference it or pay homage to it but they're not it because it allows them to do their own things and we've seen that a lot with the vision series it's like these people take these original ideas in the star wars like framing box if you will but then do something you've never seen before and i want to be wowed at the movie theater i'm like getting Mm -hmm. real picky with my movies and i know this is netflix so it's not the movie theater. i hope they release it movies these theaters because i would see it um my
2: limited new york and la
1: right because then they can do award shows and stuff but i i'm just this looks so good i'm really really excited about it and I'm also excited that it's not a part of star Wars because nobody's going to go in with any expectations, um, of that. They know this better than you do. You know, it's just like everybody's Mm -hmm. starting at the same spot.
2: My, my kind of take on what he said in that article was that it was probably for the better for Lucasfilm to pass on it actually. Um, reason being the way he sort of laid it out is i think he even sort of sides with that too he's like like sort of like in retrospect i don't think it, they were it ever really made sense but i had to take my shot He goes, at the time you know lucasfilm was just bought by disney so they're they're kind of pitching that they're open to ideas and he's like oh i gotta i gotta pitch an idea i have this thing that i was kind of working on what if we just slap Star Wars on it, you know, so he gets the, the goes to the meeting and, and they're like, well, we're, we're kind of planning like a lot of stories that maybe are sort of in, interconnected. How would this be connected? And He's like, no, I'd rather just That's my not thing. do that yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of like, 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 we'd like to see a story that we could if if successful, like, you know, build it up, even even with the 25,000 year old James Mangold thing, like they're obviously trying to draw connections to it. I'm sure they could, you know, backwards work in some way that it's connected. And and if the story was successful, they would, you know, have other books or other stories connect to it some way. But it it felt a little bit the way he pitched it was like, well, it's going to be rated R. It's going to have nothing to do with anything else you're doing. And I don't really know if it is Star Wars, but it's the closest thing I'm working on that is like Star Wars. Um. Mm -hmm. So I think like a couple of those things together, they're probably like, you know what, we're going to do Rogue One, you know, or we're going to do solo or whatever um, instead of this thing, which maybe now a pitch like that would fly a little bit better. But at the time, I think they were really working on their core worlds and they weren't looking to like it, uh, just take a project that was sort of in space or whatever. Like if somebody was pitching like a Guardians of the Galaxy or something and just make it Star Wars, it would be like I could see how it could work. But
1: also, well, Guardians it is just a seems a like off of Star Wars. It was basically so Marvel's reaction off. to Star Wars. Yeah, it was Marvel's kind of of Star Wars hmm. that's why you have like the alien character sidekick stuff like that but I get hmm. what you're saying I'm agreeing.
2: um the yeah just in general just the movie since we're talking about it I, I thought that the trailer was a little bit underwhelming it looked a little bit more like a proof of concept trailer like sure. uh like they were sort of They had a lot of really cool shots that didn't quite look like they were finished but like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it looked like it was more of a visual effects showcase um but the story is there and i'm like i bet if i watch that it's almost like watching dune in some cases like you're like wow that looks incredible but like what's the story i'm Mm -hmm. sure when you watch it you'll be like okay they're on this planet and they're doing the thing okay i get it um but you're, you're right though i have been saying for a long time whatever happened to gareth edwards and he put out that trailer for the creator. And I'm like, yo, that looks incredible. I can't wait to see what that's about. But you know what's I funny?
1: I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks like a James movie. Like when I, see, <laughs> yeah, like this looks like kind of out there, you know?
2: It looks, yeah, it looks like the story of AI if Christopher right. Nolan did it.
1: Right. Yep. That's a fair fair call yeah it's just funny to me the the cover they released which obviously is like that typical like everybody's standing there cover you know but the Mm -hmm. headline they ran with was move over star wars there's a new galaxy in town
2: yeah they want they want to link it as best they can on
1: set with the robots and aliens of 2023's biggest swing i really want this movie to be good i really do and i know it has nothing to do with star wars but It kind of let's see, John, you've not been brought into
2: this. What do you think about the 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 trailer and the comments and how this maybe was passed by Lucasfilm? What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I mean, he said he pitched it right after the acquisition. So he felt like there was an opportunity. Um, And so that means he pitched it as seven, eight, nine were being developed and he knew those would be, you know, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia. Right. He's like, well, yeah, do those. And then I got this thing. Um, so we got to remember to put it in that time frame, like just freshly acquired. You know, fans didn't hate Kathleen Kennedy yet. I'm not saying all fans, but there wasn't this like hate Angry on Mob. Kathleen Kennedy thing yet. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it was a different atmosphere. Totally. I, I'm a Zack Snyder fan. Um, what, what upsets me is when fans... Have trouble separating him from like a pocket of fans who have sort of sullied his name and like the whole thing about the Snyder cut and stuff, which is actually a much better version than the theatrical version of Justice League. And Man of Steel is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. I thought that movie was beautifully shot. I love that they humanized Superman, who's the most like unhuman, inhuman. Fantastical character, not from this planet, and he made that movie. He directed that movie, and I love it. And uh, I, I liked Watchmen. I liked other things he's done. And he, you could tell he's a he's a nerd, but also if you just like with James Gunn, if you interview his like cast and stuff, he, like they love him, like they love Zack Snyder because he's the zombie a, movie
1: was bad though. Did you watch that?
0: I didn't see that, but. Bad. And you know people make bad movies, some, but some my point is movies. he 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 creates a culture with his cast, and they like want to run through walls for him. And he's an actor's director. He's very youthful mm-hmm. in his energy. He's sort of like reminds me of like JJ, and like the cast always like loves JJ. JJ, JJ, JJ. Um, so I like that he's sort of like I'm doing my thing, and that's what George Lucas would do, honestly.
1: Right, he would say right. like
0: he'd say mm-hmm. like screw you. I'm gonna go make my movie, and that's what George Lucas did. So Zack Snyder's sort of taking on that spirit. So I think that's cool. Right. Um, I like Charlie Hunnam. I'm a you know fan of him and Sons of Anarchy. I, this is going to be interesting, and I like you're right, Lacey. It's going to be fresh, and it's going to not have anything tied to it. And I think that's key. Um, so ignore any background noise about you know any fans and stuff who are trying to cause any rifts and stuff, saying like Zack Snyder's better than Star Wars. Like that's going to happen. Just ignore all that stuff and go in and watch this movie and check it out. I think it's going to look awesome. I'm curious what it's going to be like, but I'm, I'm very interested and I, I'm a fan. I like what Zack Snyder does. So I, I think it's going to be very cool. I want to say too, like I, I
2: totally agree with the Zack Snyder thing. Um, what you're saying about like the way he treats his movies and he has his fan base and he had, he does this thing. Um, I think what the reason I'm being a little bit negative on it too is because the, there was a, an Apple TV show called foundation that when I saw the trailers, I was like, yo, that looks really cool. That looks great. I tried to watch it and it is so slow and boring and I just can't connect with any of the characters and it just kind of burned me out. And then I like watch this trailer and something about this trailer reminds me of that show. And I'm like, I, it's like the visuals are there or something. But it's I just I'm afraid that I'm going to watch it and be like, I don't care about anybody <laughs> and it's sort of unfair, but like that I'm just getting a vibe from it. Uh, the same feeling I got when I watched the trailers and then watched the show foundation on Apple TV plus. And I'm like, oh, it just doesn't, it's not clicking with me, but I hope I'm wrong. Uh, and I do trust Zack Snyder more than uh, I don't even know who directed that, you know, or who was show running that project. But cause I like I... a lot of Zack Snyder stuff.
1: I think John made a a really great point and I, you know, jokingly said the zombie movie wasn't great, but to its defense uh, and what John said is I think I forget what it's called. It was on Netflix. army of the dead army of the dead to its defense. It was a movie that clearly Zack Snyder was not told no kind of like George Lucas where they were like, you can do whatever you want and he did do whatever he wanted and you either like it or you don't. Some people like it. I didn't. But you can't fault him for his vision and his his idea of like what he wants to do, which then branched off into another movie for Netflix with one of the characters from that. Is so, it
2: not one of the uh, movies in that universe? Like Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Army no. of the Dead.
1: It's it's not. It's, it's his own thing.
0: I think it was sort of his own sort of zombie movie, quote unquote, love letter. Hate when people say that, but I don't know what else to say yeah, about right it, to I that agree. genre. With Dave
1: Bautista in it is amazing. He's great. So, yeah, despite the story, but
0: the praises of Zack Snyder as well. Uh, right.
1: So, I ne- didn't necessarily like that movie, but I couldn't be more on board with Rebel Moon. I'm all in. Like, I want to see what this is about. He's so passionate about it. The fact that, similar to what John was just saying, the way that he stuck by this since what, 2012, 2014 when he first pitched it and was like, no, I'm doing this there's something to that that just makes me gravitate towards it. Like I'm like, Oh, he's in it. So I'm in it. Like yeah. I'm going to give this a full hundred percent shot. And I think similar to what you were saying, John, I agree. I think a lot of fans and moviegoers in general have heard negative things, not about him, but about like stuff surrounding him. So they immediately go like, Oh, I'm not getting involved. Like, Oh, I don't want to do that. All I got to say is, Best case scenario, this is the new star Wars and it's amazing. Worst case scenario is, you know, it's not that great, but whatever it's, he tried, (laughs) but I just, I don't think it's going to be worst case scenario. I think it's either going to be really, really epic and awesome or really cool. And like mid mid tier, I don't think we're going to have a bad movie out of this because there's just so many people connected to it that are like top tier actors that I don't think they would sign on if they didn't believe in it. Um, but yeah it looks so cool it really looks really really cool
2: yeah all right well that's gonna wrap up resistance report but now that we uh have uh a slew of questions coming in on ask the resistance let's get to that segment
0: john you want to take us in yeah let's go to ask the resistance
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've been wondering what are midichlorians
0: all righty then uh let's get to some of these right now um freezy2324 via super chat out of canada uh how you doing freezy good to see you um asked are you looking forward to ray's movie and do you think they'll include r2-3po and chewy in the story looking forward to ahsoka very soon now we've talked about this pretty recently on the podcast in terms of what we think is our r2 episode we touched on this but lacy uh you're you know spoiler you're obviously looking forward to it but what do you think about this mm-hmm. question from freezy
1: thanks for the super chat freezy you're the best awesome to see you every week um i couldn't be more excited for the ray movie uh it is right after rebel moon only because rebel moon is coming out this year so it's easier to be excited about but I think they're going to include R2, 3PO and Chewie, they're just characters that are connected to the original saga and they're ones that everybody can be like, Oh, I know who that is, whether you're a diehard fan like us or someone that has seen them once, you know, or someone who's heard about Star Wars, you know, who these characters are, you might not know their names properly, but you you recognize the look of who these people are and We've talked about it before, but there are three characters that you don't necessarily need the original actors for. You can just have anybody play them and just do voiceover. And we know that Anthony Daniels would probably be more than willing to do lines, if not has recorded lines already. AI has gotten crazy with voice acting and and imitating voices. I saw a thing this week where someone did an AI song of like Taylor Swift singing The Weeknd, which was completely Mm computer-generated, and it was insane. So... I don't see why they couldn't do that with this um but i would hope that they would give it to actors and not to ai but that being said (laughs) i do think we're going to see those characters in the ray movie i think it's an easy easy thing to do
2: yeah yeah definitely excited for the ray movie thing and then like as we said before i think my stance on it was that they won't use r2 and 3po right Um, but i my uh, thought on that was based on Anthony Daniels sort of saying goodbye to the character and Rise of Skywalker, and then John and Lacey brought up that there's a good chance that they could just um, have a different actor reprise the character, and it would just be not the original anymore. We've obviously passed it on with other characters, um, so why not that one as well? That like that being the last movie for that actor. So I, that's a good point. I'm going to switch my tune uh, for you, Freezy, and say that I think those characters coming back, and then I think Chewie's a lock. Che- you got to have two Chewbacca two around. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think those three characters will absolutely return. I think it's very important to lead, to keep some connectivity to. The past, um, especially Ray had connections to those characters, so it wouldn't just be a let's just wedge him in here with this character. Um, and I, I am looking forward to Ray's movie i just have trepidation because they have a director who's never directed a movie before their productions with directors who have directed movies before haven't been the most smoothest so there's concern there um and then i need to know more about this story like everything i'm hearing sounds very like siri tell me what a or ai chat tell me what a movie about ray would be and it's like Ray rebuilds the Jedi Order, and it's like that's all the everything fans have been saying. I, I want to know what the conflict is. I want to know who the villains are going to be. I need to know more before I can just say I'm excited for the Ray movie. You're probably not um, even going to know that
2: till the second trailer. Usually the first one's like
0: Ray adventure back.
2: It's Bye. like Bye. So, well, the second trailer is like the
1: and they're just going to go hard in the distance or something. I don't, yeah.
0: I don't think so because that first TFA trailer we saw that hooded figure with the. Uh, cross guard lightsaber Um, I mean I'm
2: saying typically for
0: yeah as they they roll
2: them out the second trailer is more like a story based trailer and the first one's like the teaser yeah
0: I just need to know a little more that's all uh and but I I am excited to eventually see that character return I think all the old familiar uh OG characters will also return um all right uh next one here from miles or Andrew Staley with a super chat Andrew what's up buddy uh, Andrew said, Thanks, "What do you Andrew. think about the latest Ahsoka footage, supposedly being delayed because of Twitter last weekend?" Thank you and appreciate all you do. I didn't hear much about this. Um, I don't know. That sounds like an excuse. Um, I remember we, you know, we were talking on the podcast about how that footage was being shown at that particular event this past weekend. I mm-hmm. assume went across at that event um, in terms of them dropping footage publicly. I, I don't know if Twitter had anything to do with it. I'd like, I'd like to hope that Twitter doesn't have that much pull on promoting a Star Wars show. Like, they could have put that out to TV. They could have put it out to YouTube. They could have put it out to other places. Like, right. That just sounds like a Twitter bubble thing to me that, that isn't real. But what do you guys think? James, what do you think? I, I remember I saw this,
2: and I remember the source being... Um, I don't remember who it was, but I remember it was one of those sources where you're like, oh, the you know, that's kind of a, a, a situation where you're like, I don't know if that person's really hearing that or not, or they're making up that that story because you just can't tell. It could be true, but like there's no evidence of it. So it's just kind of one of those things. Um, And I, I mean, it kind of makes sense, like if 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 one of the big social media platforms, all of a sudden, like people are like bailing or they're not going to be able to even see this promotion that you're going to put a bunch of money into it. Um, that sort of makes sense, but you guys are totally right. That like Twitter's only like probably 5% of, you know, the marketing for that footage. Considering every other platform, you know, uh Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and and that's only just social when you're talking about you know everywhere else they could put it but I don't know I I, I kind of don't buy it I don't think that it, it really would have made that big of a difference on not releasing the footage hmm. interesting
1: I understand where you guys are coming from but as someone that's worked in marketing for big events with like social releases If there's something going on where they're like limiting tweets and like people can't engage with it, that's then going to throw off your whole engagement and all your trending topics and what people are seeing. Because what people, what trends on Twitter in general, if we're talking about over like the past decade decade and longer with Twitter, is things usually hit breaking news on Twitter first and then kind of branch out to other places. Now we've seen things go on YouTube first or we've seen things go on Instagram, but generally speaking things release on Twitter and then they kind of spiral out. Um so if there is a major platform that is specifically for breaking news and content and it's having issues where people are limiting tweets or not seeing things and people's accounts aren't working properly, then you're just going to say don't worry about it, we'll do it later. Or hey, we need to regroup because you've probably been planning things up until the minute that it's about to happen. And if something like that, where a platform can't support you to do the best job you can, and it gets launched during a period of somewhat chaos over the weekend, um, then you're going to just avoid it and say, Hey, we'll regroup, regroup on Monday regroup. We'll do it at another time. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm saying from my own experience of like, if something goes wrong and you know, you're, numbers are going to be off or you know after the fact reporting wise you're going to be like well we this big thing happened on twitter so we lost all those impressions and millions of views and people weren't talking about it it's going to be like a waste
0: Mm -mm.
1: so to answer your question andrew i'm not sure if that's what happened um but i could see it being a possibility and i can understand why people would kind of assume that um but i would just i i also don't know if they showed anything did they ever say they showed anything or nobody knows
0: i didn't hear anything so i don't i don't know
2: yeah i didn't hear anybody posting that the footage was shown one way or another just that and it was supposed to be shown
1: yeah because they they talked about it in the press release yeah yeah
2: but it was it was not ever said that they're going to show it at this event and then also we're going to release it online so it may have not even ever been in the plan But according to you know who's saying like separate sources and stuff said that that it was because of Twitter's uh, sudden limit on tweets and all these new rules they came up with on the spot. So
1: yeah, I think it's just one of those things that it's definitely tricky. But on that same thread uh, as Andrew brought up here, I think it is weird that they haven't really talked about Ahsoka yet. Like they talked about our celebration, then they had indie. So you think they'd be ramping up with Ahsoka and doing more stuff? I'm sure stuff's coming, but it just seems very quiet right now. <laughs> we, um, we,
2: we, we. Uh, how far are we from it? Or is it six weeks? Six weeks is usually when they turn it on. Are we six a little weeks? more than that? That's so I weeks. think, yeah, let's let's probably wait till that six week point. See what happens.
0: I don't know, but thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it.
1: Okay, next.
0: Our next, Super Chat, Mike Lovins. What's up, dude? Good to hear from you. Appreciate you. the Super Chat, man. Uh, I said, going back to zombies, would you have any interest in a Star Wars horror movie in the vein of the novel <laughs> Death Troopers? Um, oof, I don't know. James, Star Wars horror movie? I, I, I'm I, indifferent to doing niche genres for Star Wars. Like Star Wars is Star Wars. It's its own like genre. Like sometimes there's horror elements like chapter six of the Mandalorian, but like a horror movie, I personally wouldn't like it. And I'm not, I'm not saying Mike's alluding to this because there's horror movies that aren't rated R. I am not into the whole let's make star Wars rated R. Let's just go watch something that's rated R There's 5 billion things that are rated R like you don't like star Wars is star Wars. Like you're not going to say like, let's make, Mickey's Clubhouse. Let's do an R-rated Mickey's Clubhouse. Let's see Goofy <laughs> yeah. really just fly off the handle. Really lose that's, it. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is the the closest you're getting to your R-rated Star Wars is like Andor Chapter 12. It's just like that's it. And it, you know, George Lucas made it clear these are movies for children and for pre-adolescents coming of age. Um get your R-rated fix somewhere else. But Mike's not saying that. Mike's saying horror movie in mm-hmm. Star Wars. I'm saying I don't like the niche. James, what do you think?
2: I think uh, I think I'm with you on that that they shouldn't do an officially licensed thing but I think something like this is where uh, fan films could really excel if they know they you know could play in that world and do a lot of weird different things then they could absolutely do horror or um, or uh, you know musical whatever they want and it's like people don't tend to do that they tend to want to create a Star Wars movie or fan film that is more like the tone of Star Wars, because I think that's just the people who are interested in telling the story are go- going, if I'm going this far, I want to go and do it right, if you will. Um, so I, I tend to think that there's a reason that people sort of stay away from. Taking a property that doesn't feel that way and totally turning on it like there's 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 no talks of like a Harry Potter horror movie either you know it's like because it sort of just doesn't make sense and i don't know why i mean it would be neat to see but i think just for like fun and not as like an actual monetary value like they're looking to you know make money off of this thing or grow the franchise off of that so yeah i don't know
1: it's tricky because horror is such a specific genre and like we just said with the whole Zack snyder thing and rated r like it's really hard to do horror if there's no kind of blood or gore or scary elements and i know that the, obviously there's movies that are pg pg-13 that are horror but mm-hmm. i don't know i played that battlefront mode where you like get hunted by ewoks in the dark and it is terrifying
0: <laughs> yeah that that would be a good fan film horror movie that ewoks, it was
1: okay, yeah. it was terrifying <laughs> so if you ever play it it's wild <laughs> it's definitely wild
0: and um Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: One last question.
0: All right, we have Frank Ronde. What up, Frank? One of our generals on Patreon. He said, if you had unlimited budget to cosplay as any character, not just Star Wars, who would it be and how crazy would it be? Oof, I would have to put a lot of thought into that. I don't know. Mm. I've never I have never cosplay Halloween's not cosplay to me, so I've never really cosplayed until we hit a hundred thousand subscribers and I cosplay as <laughs> Steve Buscemi as Leia. <laughs> uh, Lacey, what do you th- what do you think? Would you have a particular no, go to character? Better James. Hey, James, uh, what yeah. do you think? <laughs> Do you have a particular character you would cosplay? Would um, say? unlimited budget. Do anything?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know. Uh, like this lore at all. I'm literally just basing it on what I know about like the cover. But I think if you had unlimited budget, you would. It would be cool to maybe do something with like Starcraft, because you'd get like this like huge mega suit, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like these That's giant cool. guns or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would just be a really cool thing to have. Um. Although it would take up all the space and I'd be like, now that I did that, what do I do with this costume? I I guess sell it.
1: Yeah. It's tricky because any costume that I would want to wear probably would be more on like the intricate side of things. Mm -hmm. Like I like the outfit Katniss wears in catching fire in the chariot, like the black dress she wears. I think that's cool. Her wedding dress is amazing uh you know any type of like the outfits kira wears are cool or padme it's just like i'm more on the side of like the elaborate costuming than more of like the armor stuff but even then like the armor stuff's cool too it's tough that's a tough question frank i might have to get back to you on that because yeah i've done katniss cosplay and i've done um ramona flowers from scott pilgrim cosplay but those were more like not as crazy.
0: I would buy a cheap costume from spirit Halloween and then pocket the rest Frank (laughs) (laughs) unlimited budget. Like who has like an entire outfit made out of diamonds or gold or something. Right? (laughs) I would, I would take the rest and do a giant TRB excursion and everybody gets invited and we party it up for a weekend and I wear my $5 costume from spirit Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah that's it that takes us to the end of the show here just so you know if you are a patron of trb um by the way if you're not and you want to check it out just go to your web browser go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast check it out tiers start at just five dollars per month and you got a lot of bonus episodes bonus material we have a discord server uh choose your rank sign up and it's Helps us out a great deal, and we appreciate all the support. If not, totally cool. But if you happen to be a patron, right after this, we're doing another live episode, which we call our Spice Runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time, we are going to be joined by one of our Spice Runners, Kendall Gellner, and he's going to talk to us about uh, a little bit on what our thoughts were on the state of Star Wars. So, we're going to really get into it. So, head over there sure, right as soon as we sign off of this. I might uh, change my shirt, and we'll see but we're heading right over there immediately after this. So head to Patreon and grab the link. Um, but thank you to everybody who's listening and watching and being a part of TRB. However you are, we appreciate it so, so much. We have a great community and you're all thanks. Uh, thanks to all of you for that. Um, and a special thank you to our patrons, our generals and spice runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedha, DiMaggio, and Diana, and David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian, and all of our patrons, and all of our listeners and watchers and everybody in TRB. thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe, spread the word, and let's keep having fun talking Star Wars and the other nerdy stuff we get into on this show. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on Twitter. Uh, not sure about the other ones yet. We'll see. But <laughs> um, And my movie pod, just like the movies. Uh, Lacey.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, <laughs> Thread, Blue Sky, <laughs> at Lacey Gilleran, or on TikTok at It's Lacey and a lot then of doing to find Lacy. Yeah, I'm everywhere, uh, and you can find me doing a review of Inquisitor: Rise of the Red Blade in the next few days here on the channel.
2: Yes, indeed, mm-hmm. James. Uh, and for me, just uh, Twitter and Instagram mostly at Myra Trunks
0: all right we will see patrons in about two minutes uh everyone else we hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back monday uh we're we're actually gonna talk a little bit about george lucas uh so enjoy your weekends stay cool and we'll see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids